Hey everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, our minor league podcast. I am Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos and Thomas Henderson. How are you guys doing this week? Pretty good. Just got off the, uh, how long was that? Four-ish hour long NPL first year player draft, so that was fun. Hmm. And very long. Uh, I won't waste everyone's time talking about the entire draft, but I did take Dylan to Brock in the 10th round, so I, I planted my flag. I'm, I'm, I'm not just memeing, I actually think he's good. Nice. Well, you got, uh, Who'd you take in the first? Uh, Zach Neto. So I had, I'm like coming out of a rebuild or like mid, like towards the tail end of a rebuild. So I had the fifth overall pick. I got Neto at five, uh, Justin Henry Malloy in the second, Will Warren in the third, um, and then some other guys, but those were the, the big names at the top. I was really hoping someone like Eric Brown when the Brewers would fall to the second, but, uh, there are a lot of smart people in this league and that didn't happen. So, uh. Yeah, Dylan Brock, I like him. Well, hopefully, he works out for the Mets and for you. Mm-hmm. Great story. Like, uh, had some really cool YouTube videos on on his work. So, all right. So, promote, extend, trade this week, and on today's date, back in 1997, in 2006, and 2020. Uh, a couple of video games came out that were would they they basically go on to be like smash hits, sell a ton of units, become really important in the genre or whatever. So what games are we going to promote extend or trade here? No, you're doing this cuz Ken's not here. Yes, I I tailor everything depending on who's here. So uh first up we have in 1997 Castlevania Symphony of Night came out. Then in 2006, on this date, Elder Scrolls Oblivion came out. And then back on this date in 2020, Animal Crossing New Horizons came out. Hmm. So I'm going to hurt my gamer cred here. I haven't played any of these. Hmm. That's surprising. Nope. I figured you would have at least played Castlevania and Elder Scrolls. So I've played Elder Scrolls, but never Oblivion. Uh... Uh, that's just, uh, I mean, that's probably the game I'll extend because Skyrim was the first time I really got into to PC gaming. Like, um, I mean, my parents never let me play games growing up and then eventually I had enough independence and my own computer to play and then Skyrim came out and I'm like, I need a better PC and built a PC for it. So, and it's all been downhill since there. I've wasted countless <laughs> hours playing whatever. So, I mean... It all went wrong with Elder Scrolls. Or right, depending on your perspective. Oblivion was my first Elder Scrolls. That's the one before Morrowind? Or that's Elder Scrolls 3, right? Or is that 4? Morrowind's 3. Okay. Yeah. So I, I had it for my 360, actually. Because I'm a dirty console gamer. <laughs> at the time at the time I would have been too but I think and we could all get rid of ahead. Animal Crossing I like Animal Crossing but oh, in this shit. scenario yes like okay. I'll, I'll get rid of it here but I find I have a lot of fun with Animal Crossing I'm extending Castlevania because 
I love that game. So good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, it half spawned its own genre. Yeah, I mean, that, that game pretty much... That game and the one before it, uh, Castlevania Ronto of Blood. And then I think there's, like, Castlevania 2. I don't know which one, but they have, like, a, a coherent and continuous storyline that is, like, when you think of Castlevania, you think of those three games. Yep. The only... um. So my only counterpoint, and I'll I'll actually promote Animal Crossing and trade Castlevania only because they I don't know if you guys remember this, but Doom and Animal Crossing came out at like the same time. So we had a whole bunch of crossover memes with Doom guy handing a super shotgun to the cute little dog character whose name I don't know, or like swapping their roles to the dog characters in hell, ripping demons in half. And the doom slayer is, I don't know, tending his fucking garden or something. I I enjoyed all of those greatly. So that's my appreciation for, uh, 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 animal crossing. Animal crossing is legitimate, like cultural phenomenon too, which to its credit, like it's a huge deal. Yeah, there was a definitely a uh, certain factors in the world all came together just the yeah. right way <laughs> for everyone to be like, let's all play Animal Crossing. But also, I like Animal Crossing because whenever whenever a new one comes out and I'm like into it, I could just do my little thing for 15 minutes and then I could put it down for the day. Mm-hmm. And if I want to, I could play a little more of it. So I like that for the consistency of it. Yeah, those kinds of games are very. It's important. nice. Meaning, meaningless like, games, basically. Yeah, it's nice because I could just be like, let me go like talk to all my my at my weird animal friends to see if anyone needs me to like give them an umbrella, and then if I want to, I could go fish, and if I don't want to, I just I checked in for the day, so it's fine, you know. Weird animal friends are the only friends that I have, so. All right, so um, we'll move on now to our way too early. <clears throat> draft updates and um i'll go first my guy is cole carig carig and san diego university state university he played uc irvine at the beginning of the week and then yukon over the weekend and their game against uc irvine got canceled because of rain and wet field conditions but they did play their games against the huskies and so far, they are currently playing right now, but uh, they lost two, and they won one. And Craig only played in one of those games. He played center field this week. He's a man of many talents. And he is just 0-2 with a strikeout and a hit-by-pitch in that one game. So he's currently hitting 327, 362, 519 on the season with one homer, four stolen bases, and five attempts. Two walks and seven strikeouts. So I'd say his stock is pretty much holding just because he really did not play at all this week. Uh, Ken, his player, Johandria Morales. Uh, obviously, Ken is not here this week, so he'll give us an update next week. Lucas, you had Colton Ledbetter. It's a very boring uh, update. He played three games. I lost my tab. Crud. Excellent content. Here we go. He played three games, two for nine, five walks, one strikeout, no extra base hits. I suspect he's being pitched around a little bit. Um, 
it is slightly notable that after starting the season on a real uh, torch toward uh, pace with uh, um, uh, the extra base hits, he's fallen off a bit. But like I said, I think he's getting pitched around a, a little bit. Um, and the plate discipline numbers kind of speak for themselves, right? Just it's not like he's striking out a lot. They're just not falling right now. And he's watching a bunch of junk go by. So not a very exciting week, but. You know, not a not a devastating, not not one that moves his stock down a lot. Yeah, it makes sense. He's from Samford University last Sam, year. Samford, yes. Samford, and he's now at MSU. Correct. Yeah, so I mean, coming into the year, I'm sure there's not a very long book on him, and well, he came out of nowhere and was just dominating. So now everyone's just like, oh shit, hold up. Maybe Makes we don't sense. throw maybe we don't throw him shit down the middle and see if he can <laughs> handle it because it turns out he can. So, yep, so it seems. <clears throat> and Thomas, you had shortstop Rockalowski. Yeah, yeah. So for some reason, Max Preps Max Preps is being weird about uploading batting stats, and they don't have any for this year they so far. They do that from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm sure he's fine. I know he went one for two like two weeks ago. So. But he also is uh, has three pitching appearances and is one and zero with a save. So good nice. for him. He seems to be like a leverage reliever for them because he's not a he's not a real pitching prospect like he throws in the mid 80s or something like that. So he's good for obviously he's probably fine for high school. I don't think he pitches much, but he's not one of their starter starting pitchers or anything. But he seems to be pitching in leverage situations and doing his thing like he's thrown 45 pitches in these three outings so it's probably like an inning or two of work or something like that but like in these three outings combined he's thrown 45 pitches so he's not pitching much but yeah he's the best player in arizona so the stats when we when they get uploaded will be very funny i'm sure he's gonna hit like 350 or 400 or something was um Oh no, Bryce Harper is from Nevada, not Arizona. Never mind. Yeah, he's from uh, he and uh, Bryant and one other dude who I'm forgetting were all from Vegas around the yeah, same time. Because yeah. last year he hit 357 as a junior, so should hopefully do better than that this year. It's crazy that like we you, the, the stats you expect from prospects at these levels, right? You're like, oh, he hit 330. It's a little disappointing. Yeah. Because the actual prospects at like 550 or something, it's a little ridiculous. He did throw nine touchdown passes this year yeah. for the varsity football team. Mm. And the quarterback and long snapper threw 13, so I don't know what they're doing on the football team. Beckham Pellant had 13 touchdown passing touchdowns and was the long snapper. I also think uh, Chalowski punts on the high, on the football team, so he's a versatile athlete. That's a lot. Yeah. It's an overachiever. I'm sure he's also a 4.0 student. <laughs> lots of extracurricular activities and so forth. That always annoys me <laughs> when I read, you know, like when you go into like player profiles for like college players or whatever, and it has like their high school information and, you know, they're like 4.0 GPS students in addition to being college, you know, high level collegiate athletes. It's like, that's not fair. 
You're supposed to either be a dumb jock or like a, a smart but unathletic like nerd. Like these guys are the best of both worlds. Like that's that's I, that, why, why couldn't that be me? Like 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 when the guys the uh and and he's one of the academic all Americans in football and he's actually good. It's like damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to now our team, the Mets, and we'll give some spring training stat updates. And we're basically getting towards the end of spring training now. The season starts like two weeks, give or take. Um, So a lot of the top prospects that were in camp have been cut and they've been sent to minor league camp. So we're only going to deal with some of the top prospects who are in camp now or just recently sent down or, you know, they're just kind of relevant. However... Uh, so first up is our number one prospect, Francisco Alvarez, and his spring training struggles um, basically continued this week. He went one for 10 with one walk and one strikeout in five games, and he is hitting in totality 115, 207, 115 in 13 games. Three hits, all of which have been singles, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Number two prospect, Kode Senga. He pitched three innings, and he gave up one run on three hits. He struck out five, and he did not walk anybody. And he looked good. Um, there's no lingering issues from his his hand-finger discomfort that he was uh, experiencing a week ago or so. He said he's basically mostly ready for the season to start. So, you know, that's, that's what we want to see. That dude, like, literally, and I, I just... He literally slept on his hand wrong one night. It was like, ow, my finger. It's spring training. I don't need to do this. Yeah. There's a lot of consternation over this because there were, I mean, a lot of Mets were getting injured at the time and are still getting injured, but this was never (laughs) something to be uh, concerned about, it seems. Yeah. It's probably adjusting to the new ball, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the actual reason I'm saying. Yeah. Keep something to keep an eye on, but not like be concerned about. If it was something that continued, then you go, oh, shit. But, uh, so on the spring as a whole, he's pitched twice now, and he's thrown a total of five innings. He's allowed two runs on four hits with two walks and seven strikeouts. Our number three, prospect Brett Beatty. He went two for three this week, all singles, with six strikeouts and three walks. So... He is 13 for 37 on the spring with one double, one home run, two stolen bases, seven walks, and 12 strikeouts. And that comes out to, in 19 games, a batting line of 351, 478, 459. Yeah. He looks ready. Yep. Yep. I'd feel... It's such a small sample size that it doesn't mean much. I'd feel better if he was hitting for a bit more power, but agreed. He looks looks better. I think he's looked better in the field. Uh, The play he made today was not actually that hard. I know SNY was tweeting about it, but I think he's looked better when I've watched him than he did last year. Um, So maybe that work with uh, Tulowitzki actually paid off. That was one of those nice plays everyone should make type thing. Yep. And Walker can move. I think people don't realize yeah. that as much like he can he can motor a bit but Beatty's arm has always been solid like impressive yep, yep. You, it, it it pops when he make has to make those throws you're like oh mm-hmm. 
All right. Our number eight prospect, Mark Viendos. He went three for, six, three for 16 this week with one extra base hit, a double, um, nine strikeouts, and two walks. So on the season, he is 14 and 49 with four doubles, two home runs, three walks, and 20 strikeouts in 19 games. And that comes to a 286, 321, 490 batting average. Uh, batting line, excuse me. I do not probably care. It's probably yeah. a little closer in line with what you could reasonably expect if you shelter him a bit. Mm-hmm. He's be in the, on the major, in the major league team this year. I just oh, he's going to get time 100%. Yeah, I just don't know if it's going to be the start. I don't know if he's going to get called up for injury. I don't. I'm not 100 sure. How do you think they're? And I don't know if Steve. If Steve wanted to talk. If you wanted to talk about this later, I'll shut up and we can talk about it later. But since Beatty and Vargas or, or Beatty and uh, Vientos, excuse me, are here, how do you think they're going to reshuffle things if Nimmo has to miss a little time here? I know he says he's going to be ready for opening day, but who the hell knows? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do here exactly. Yeah, I don't Tommy, know either. Tommy Pham opening day lineup. If Tommy Pham is opening day starter, I should say. Yeah, I feel like you need LeCaster on the roster then because you don't have a true center fielder. Like Marte doesn't want to switch positions and Canna and Pham really shouldn't be playing center field. I wouldn't be surprised if LeCaster makes it. Or like Honestly, DJ Stewart or something. Stewart hit for the cycle shows. today. He nice. did, which is very funny. In the spring, I don't think I've ever seen a spring training game be able to... Uh, a guy in spring training able to hit the cycle just for pure at-bats reasons. <laughs> I mean, all of these... Like, <clears throat> not even fourth outfielder, but all of these, you know, like, fifth kind of super fringy outfield guys that have really are really 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 fighting for a spot they've all been performing quite well this this spring they have so the and the like, only one that's really a center fielder though right i would think so i don't think the rest of them i don't think dj stewart's playing center for, i don't even think he did when he was younger let alone no, now and the real challenge with LeCastro is that he does not have options. So if you bring him up for two weeks to cover for Nimmo, and then Nimmo gets healthy, and you have to send him back down, you can't just option him. you got to DFA him. I could see someone claiming him. Mm-hmm. He's that type of guy who would get claimed four times in a season because you mm-hmm. could yeah. use because his skill set is always... Just like Jankowski last year. Yeah, he can't hit, but it's usable. Like it's it's valuable to a to a team. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're gonna do here. I mean, if you if you if you push Fam into the starting lineup, and let's say they do carry, you're gonna have to carry another outfielder. So that's I don't know, LaCastro or or Stewart, and then I guess you're still looking at a rough or Vientos option for that last bench spot, or you just give it to Beatty and put Escobar there. But I don't know what their thinking is on that front. Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, our number nine prospect, Ronnie Mauricio, he got optioned down to minor league camp the other day. So in total for his spring training, he appeared in 17 games 
and he went eight for 33 with a double, four home runs, one stolen base, two walks, and six strikeouts. And as for as impressive as you know his home runs were, and as authoritative as he hit the ball sometimes, and and everything else, his his spring training stat line still came out to it a, a extremely Ryan Maurician 242, 286, 636 batting line over those 17 games. If if someone wants to explain the Ronnie Mauricio experience, you literally point to the spring where Mm -hmm. you look at the highlights and he looks like he's a superstar. And then when it's over, you're like, oh, he wasn't actually that good because he all the other things were bad. You know, I will say at least he. Struck out only six times in 17 games. That's that is progress. So he's never had huge strikeout rates, though, right? Because his his bat it's his bat to ball isn't bad. I don't think. No, it's like the the high. Okay, let's see. So he ran a. I want to say he had like a 24 percent. 23 percent, right? Okay. The only yeah. time, so I'm throwing out the, the eight games he had at Double A to close out the 2021 season because uh-huh. I don't care. The highest strikeout rate he's ever, and also he had an eight game sample in rookie ball in 2018. Literally, the highest strikeout rate he's ever run over a real sample is 24 percent. It's not the bat to ball to ball that's the problem. If anything, his bat to ball is too too much. Too making, good, right? Exactly. Making it's the, too much contact. Right. It's the Ahmed Rosario problem of I don't I don't need to learn to change my swing decisions. I'm getting my bat on everything. Right. So two walks in 17 games, though. I guess that's there. It is. That's... <laughs> I don't know. It's he's so I don't know. He's so flawed, and the flaws are always gonna be the flaws are loud. Too. Like the flaws are very in your face. They're not walking and they're not getting on base and swinging at weird pitches and all that stuff. So it's hard. I don't even know how. I don't even want to fault the Mets here because this is not an uncommon uh, struggle. I don't think for a lot of these guys. For you, because this is a skill you want. Like obviously, bat to ball is a good thing. You want your prospects to be able to put the bat on the ball. But I think that also winds up hindering a lot of their development, and this is not a Mets-specific problem. You see this across baseball, across many teams. So uh, it's a very hard developmental nut to crack. How do you force someone who is talented enough to swing at everything and survive to rein that in? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Like that's a. If you could do it consistently, some team will pay you a lot of money. Yeah, as I say, if you had the answer, then you wouldn't be doing this podcast. With yeah, us. probably not. <laughs> All right. Um, next up is our number 19 prospect, Bryce Montes de Oca. He did not pitch, but he was uh, given a diagnosis since we last recorded. So he has a stress reaction in his right elbow, which is bad. But silver lining is there's no ligament damage, which would have been a bigger problem. So... He is going to go on the DL to start the year, but hopefully, you know, not for too long. And God knows, and we'll discuss this in a little bit, the Mets could use some bullpen help this year, given everything that's gone on. And surprisingly, we have one more prospect here. Number 20, Jesus Baez. He got into a game today, Sunday. He did? Yeah, he replaced uh, Danny Mendick on today's game. He went over with a walk, so... Very random, but uh, good for him, I guess. 
Nice. Yeah, it's cool. He's still around. It's probably cool. It's a cool experience for him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's the. Uh, I mean, it's just reinforcing what we've heard all off season. What was written at BP. What we wrote that you know, he was lower profile than uh, Fanyas and uh, Juan, but he's the uh, he's the best one of the bunch at this point. Yep. yep. All right, so. If you've been living under a rock and you haven't heard, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Edwin Diaz hurt himself in an unfortunate uh, celebration incident the other day in the WBC during Team Puerto Rico's win of the DR. And he was diagnosed with a patellar tendon tear. And that's the, the tendon that connects the kneecap to the tibia, the lower bone on your leg. So painful. Um he had surgery on it already. The general recovery time frame for that kind of injury is basically eight months. So basically, unless there's some miraculous rehab program that, you know, he undergoes, Diaz is basically done for the season for 2023. Um, you know, the Mets do have some guys in their bullpen already who are former closers or former setup guys or have experience pitching in high leverage situations, whatever. There's David Robertson, there's Adam Adovino. There's also to a lesser extent Brooks Riley, though um, you know, he's hopefully healthy, you know, quickly because he, he's also dealing with some injuries. But um there's a couple of guys that could fill in, you know, for the year. And the Mets are also looking at uh Zach Britton. He had a workout last Friday Obviously, you know, if he's healthy, he'd, he'd be a fit with his experience, with the relationship he has with Buck Showalter, going back to the Oriole days, whatever. So there are guys that will, I mean, somebody has to do it, you know. There are guys that are going to close games to the Mets. But, you know, Diaz's injury is a, a pretty big blow to the to the Mets bullpen. You know, he was lights out last year. As Mets fans, we know all about how a weak closer, how a slumping closer could have a, a horrible domino effect on the rest of the bullpen. So, you know, even if Robertson, Adovino, whoever, you know, they do a good job filling in for Diaz, there's still pressure on the guys lower in the in the bullpen depth chart to kind of carry their share the load and, you know, and, and then some possibly. And the Mets minor league system, unfortunately, is not exactly um, equipped to handle this kind of thing. You know, they do have some pitching, but the majority of those pitchers are, you know, in high A or double A. You know, they're not exactly ready to contribute to the big league level. Um, The only real immediate guys that jump out at you at the AAA level are Bryce Montesta-Oka, who, is, as we discussed earlier, he's injured, so he's going to be out for however long. And then really there's two other guys, you know, at, at the upper levels of the minors, Eric Orzi and Grant Hartwig. And after them, it's kind of shrug your shoulder. Not so great, Bob. Yeah, I think they're going to be active on the... Uh... I can see them being active on the waiver stuff with um, relievers now. They already grabbed what's his name. Yeah. Uh, 
the Dodgers and Rangers legend. Uh-huh. And twins, right? That's who they got him from, yeah. yeah. Oh, what's his name? Ooh, I named the teams that he played for, and I don't remember his name. Santana? Uh, no, that's not it. Santana? That's someone else completely, I think. Let's see. Mets roster. Who is the name that I do not recognize here? Yeah, Dennis. Dennis Santana. Dennis Santana, that's it, yeah. Not Danny. Throws hard is kind of... That's really it, but... Yeah. That, that worked out well, Gerson Batista. Throw hard, that's really it, so... I'm... Look, this is a huge loss. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I think the Mets are in a better spot than they've been basically ever to withstand it, right? Like, if this happened last year, they'd be absolutely fucked. Yeah. Like, like I, we could be like, well, the bullpen might be terrible. Like, the bullpen's probably still going to be good. It's yeah. Probably not going to be great, which sucks. But I mean, if you look historically, how many Mets bullpen? take Diaz out of the picture and look at the rest of this bullpen. And let's assume that Rayleigh's hamstring isn't anything serious and he's back pretty soon. This is still the best bullpen they've had since ever. With Robertson, Ottavino, Rayleigh, Smith, and I don't want a litany is too, too dramatic a word, but a a decent pool of, of guys after that. It's definitely the deepest that I can remember being an active fan yeah i mean maybe you could say like 2006 you know they had wagner they had heilman they had duana sanchez they had feliciano yeah and maybe for like five minutes in 2015 when addison reed was suddenly a god and the, the, the oh, yeah. second half of the team of the bullpen the second half yeah. of the year the bullpen was good when after i they still got think that i mean i still think this is much deeper than that group though mm-hmm so, I don't know. I'm less. There's no. Make no mistake. Like losing Edwin Diaz is a big deal. I don't want to. I see a lot of people using like Saber 1.0 valuation here, and that's just dumb. But I think they'll be okay. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it probably the team is worse. But yeah. if this was Lindor instead of Diaz, we're talking about the the season being dramatically changed. Where this could be the difference between the Mets winning the World Series and not. But also, if Robertson is 80% of Diaz, then they'll probably be fine. Mm-hmm. It also, mm-hmm. I think it more sucks for the middle of the pen, where that's not as deep as it used to be. You know, like the sixth and seventh innings a little worse. Mm-hmm. And now they're probably going to have to trade for a reliever at the deadline, and they didn't. They probably wouldn't have had to if in an alternate reality where Diaz doesn't tear his patellar tendon. You know what I mean? Like, they could have used Mauricio somewhere else, but they might have to trade him for a reliever now. Yeah, that is where it's going to have the biggest impact. And that's the thing that sucks, because if they need another arm, there's no one to call. Like, I really like Grant Hartwig, and I think he has the highest ceiling out of the group. I'm with you there. Of minor leaguers, but that's it. That's one guy. So if you need another one, then you're going to have to trade for one. And that. That's the thing that's annoying because they might need a third baseman. They might need an outfielder. They might need half a DH. We don't know. We don't know who's going to get hurt. We don't know who's not going to be good. We don't, you know, it just kind of, it adds another thing on the wish list where it was already checked off and now they have to erase the check and 
we have to kind of probably add another guy, and that's annoying. Mm-hmm. That's really the thing that sucks the most. I think it's going to change their plans more than we think, even. Probably they realize it, but because they're already, I'm sure, already thinking ahead at the deadline because they know they're going to be good. But like the, them being the front office. I also forgot about Tommy Hunter. He's, I think, yeah, he's around. Yeah. Like, like they have depth, and it's just the high-end ceiling isn't as there as it used to be. Because there, there was a reality where the Mets have the best bullpen in baseball with Diaz. Yeah. And Robertson, if he's good as he was last year, and if Anavino was as good as he was last year, the game's in the seventh inning. It's probably over. Yeah. Now it might take till the eighth inning to do that. And that's another inning where you're losing. You know, it's it's more complicated than the Sabre one. Oh, he's a reliever. They're all the same conversation. that I've seen a lot of that too, Lucas. Mm-hmm. And I don't really understand how you could watch Edwin Diaz last year not blow a save from May onward and be like, who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I also bring up Tommy Hunter because I would want to know the origin of this. He's six foot three, which in baseball is not really that big. Especially not for a pitcher. Especially not for a pitcher. So he's six foot three, but yet his nickname is Big Fella. I mean, he's a he's a thick boy. That's yeah. why. He's yeah, he big is. Boy. Right. Well. Big fella, I feel, in, implies height, not uh, width. Mm-hmm. Thickness. Heft. <laughs> Thick. Several C's. I am, I am, now. Like, I'm going to petition him to be now thick fella from now on. Into thick fella. <laughs> Just uh, keep putting it when you do recaps or whatever. It'll come oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> For the moment, the bullpen is the four, guy, the four main guys who are healthy, Robertson, Adovino, Rayleigh, and Smith. Uh, and I'm going off Fangraph's depth chart right now. Um, Negosic, who's out of options. Santana, who they just claimed and is also out of options. Um, Fangraph's ha- then has the final two spots going to Tommy Hunter, who would be out of options uh, if they purchased his contract. And John Curtis, Curtis, however I you say it. I think it's Curtis. Curtis. He does have options. Um, and Curtis has looked really good this spring. Yeah, I don't think that he's, if anyone has the highest ceiling, it's him, not Hartwig, but yeah, I didn't count him. I wasn't counting him as internal options. And then beyond that, they still have, um, McGill has looked a little rough, but they still have guys like Lucchese. Peterson's going to have to start. Uh, Eliezer Hernandez is there. Um, Jeff Brigham, who I think is better than, Anyone we've talked about outside of Curtis, I really like Jeff Brigham. Steven Writings. Uh, he hasn't pitched yet, really. <clears throat> no, he hasn't. He's probably still recovering. He's six foot eight. He's a bigger fella. Yeah, he's a taller fella. <laughs> um, I will admit I've not watched as much spring baseball as I would have liked because I started a new job and the hours are a little rough. But, I mean, Jimmy Yacobonis is here. William Woods is around. I don't know if these guys have pitched a ton, but there are... There are names to, to squint at. They got Daniel Nunez back as well. And he shouldn't be too far away. Mm, the way that he pitched last year, I don't know. Mm. If I would consider him in this conversation. But he is he is there. He is a body. I mean, he wasn't bad last year. He, struck, he ran a 13.6 K9 at double A. Let's look at his numbers here. Did he not also walk the world or give only, up? The only hits? a four, four walks per nine, three and a half ERA. It wasn't fantastic, right. but there's that's 
Yeah, that is a little bit better than I was thinking then off the top of my head. I was I was thinking, you know, that he struck out 12, but walked six. So kind of, you know, one mm-hmm. step forward, two steps back. But the walk rate isn't that bad, so. If I were them, I would probably sign one of the veterans, like Giles or Britton, and you could send some of those guys back down to AAA. And then if Britain sucks, then no really harm, no foul. You know, that's what I would do, I think, because I think he I think his ceiling is still a high leverage reliever like Ottavino's doing it at his age. There's, I don't think there's a reason why Britain couldn't, even though he's shown a little less in recent years than Ottavino did when they signed him. I worry that both Britain and Giles are cooked. They might be, but, you know, obviously we haven't seen them pitch in their showcases. I have we have no idea, but. I could also see a world where they where they're not and they're seventh inning guys and that's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. But I could see a world where they are and I don't think it will really hurt if they don't if they bring one in and mm-hmm. see for themselves kind of in a game situation. Like that's kind of where they're at and a lot of the names you said are nice, but you could option bring them and then if Britain sucks you could just call them up. And then you burned one of his options, but all right, it happens, you know. Because I think he still has options. Bring back old friend Joe Smith. Love Joe Smith. I don't know if he officially retired or not. And then in terms of... And again, if if this is deeper than you wanted to go, Steve, I can stop this line of inquiry. But who are the who would you think about trading for? I have one name in mind. But... Like who who are the, who are the Mets gonna dangle Vientos or Mauricio for, come late May or June to say hey we need a reliever. I can't wait for the seventy five Alexis Diaz uh, articles because he's <laughs> Edwin's brother. Oh God. I mean honestly I don't know. Do you? I feel like that's a it's a hard question to ask at this point right now. That mm-hmm. it's a better question in you know June or whatever because you could have. Adam Adovino and David Robertson are all of a sudden extremely dominant as closer and setup man, and the rest of the bullpen kind of, you know, picks up the weight, and you don't necessarily need to trade for anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's best-case scenario, and God knows with the Mets, best-case scenario never happens, but... Hence why we're talking about the bullpen at this yeah. point. <laughs> exactly. I, w- I would also say you don't really know which... I don't want to say random, but which guys will bounce back because like in 2021, Robertson only pitched in 12 games, but he was kind of bad. And then last year he was really good. And he'd be, if you would have asked someone in March of last year, if they would want to trade a legitimate prospect or something of value for David Robertson, all of us would be like, no, he's probably washed. And he was really good because he, he, you know, he was hurt or he was coming back from his injury. I think, I think he was coming back from Tommy John in 2021 and so he only pitched at the end of the year and it's probably the year the whole year off and all that stuff but he was ended up being the prize of the of the reliever market last year and nobody probably nobody would have called that but you never know what 34 year old is really good addison reed was random you know they got addison reed for like literally two guys whose name i don't remember yeah, I, I just remember one being that. one of the tall guys, if I remember correctly. There was one of the Casey, tall pictures. Casey Meisner. No, yeah. Meisner was for Clippard, and I, to this day, still hate Ooh. that trade. 
but it was for Clippard. Yeah, I hate that trade because I did not think Tyler Clippard was good. Was uh, it John Gant? John Gant was for Uribe and Kelly Johnson. John Gant was no. The mm. Addison mm-hmm. Reed was like literally two low low he was level a waiver. IFA <laughs> guys. Yeah, it was nothing. Let's um, see. Now, because now I'm. Now I'm curious. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of us Googling at us. He's only 34, which is crazy. Yeah, he got cooked pretty quick. You know, it's really crazy. At okay. Coke and Miller Diaz. Ah, uh, yeah. Miller Diaz. You know, it's really crazy. Look how old Dilson Herrera is. 31. How old is Pickles? Work with me, Fangraphs, please. Did you know Matt Koch is still in professional baseball? He is. Who? He's, he is a minor. He, the, the Colorado Rockies signed him as a minor league free agent on November 29th of 2022. Oh, good for Dustin is only 29. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. crazy. And he got like no shot. I I've never. We're really going off track here. I don't understand <laughs> how he never got a chance. I know. I I feel like there must be something, but at the same time, like. Not that I know him personally or anything like that, but like back in the day when he was a Mets prospect, like the limited interactions with, uh, you know, I had with him or like the random scout people that I would sit next to, they all seemed positive. So I don't know. He, wasn't, he, he, he got 270 major league played appearances and had 88 weighted and was consistently 10 to 30 percent above average at AAA and just ne- no one ever gave him an extended chance. Yeah, it's really weird. Not even mind. a bad thing. Not even like yeah. a team who had nothing to lose. It was always really weird to me. Um, the name I was going to bring up on the bullpen front was actually David Bednar to see if the... Oh, uh, yes, I would love that. But he's going to be expensive. Yeah, Aspect I would ball. move almost anything outside of uh, uh, Alvarez, Beatty, and Jet. I would even... Th- I don't know if I would think about moving Parada, but I probably wouldn't, but... I could be convinced, but like anything, he's really, really good. (laughs) Benar, yes. And he costs, he's dirt cheap financially. Like that's, that's your setup man for four years or five years, whatever it is. And look, they're going to need to building in mercenary bullpen reinforcements continually. Right. Like that's, yep. It's an old pen anyway. And Mm -hmm. like we just talked about, they don't really have, if Hartwig's good and he's up next year, that's great. But that's one guy, that's one spot. Mm Mm-hmm. And Drew Montez Smith Oka can't stay healthy for more than two minutes. Smith is a little older than you think, and he's like 28 or something. But, yeah. And I think there's a chance you can flip. I don't know. I don't know how. That's also good insurance for, I mean, I don't think a Patella injury is going to ruin Diaz's career. I mean, I no, think it shouldn't. Pitchers come back from that. I, Zach Elfin did recently that should but, be. it's not like Victor but if he is if he is a, back from the patella if he has a weird uh rehab or he has to miss a little more time or something you know then that's as good insurance as any i don't think that'll happen because eight months from now is like november so mm-hmm. that would be a disaster if he's still out by this time next year it's not an achilles injury or something but it's insurance on diaz in general this pitchers get hurt yeah outside of this you know which is what Robertson is, and here we are. <laughs> Good thing they got that insurance. Well, suffice to say that uh, 
Diaz will be missed. If if nothing else, you know, just his presence on the roster then meant that the players further down on the, on the bullpen depth chart would not be needed in higher leverage situations because he was there. So now that he's not, now they are. And that could be disaster. <laughs> Hopefully not, though. No, it'll be. F- I, I'm not going to let this get me down about the Mets season. I mean, honestly, the, the clearly, I mean, I think we've all been kind of looking from left field. The most obvious answer is that um, Scherzer and Verlander need to reach down and become, you know, Verlander and Scherzer of the Tiger days and throw 260 <laughs> innings apiece. Man, they're both I psycho enough that I think they could do it. <laughs> I think Verlander could probably do that a year after Tommy John. And, and what did he throw last year? Like 180? 160? I would think so, around that. I don't have it in front of me. I, I could see him saying fuck it and going like 230. I'm healthy. I want to make a statement on this new team. We're going to the World Series. That's pencil Verlander for 230. Yeah, great. Smart. How old is he? 40? Great. Wonderful. No flaws. 10-10. (laughs) Hey, listen. Let's see. How many innings when he was 40? You're going to look up like Nolan Ryan, and he's going to have thrown 600 innings or something. No. No, I'm looking someone more contemporary. Randy Johnson? Oh wow. Okay. No, I was I was thinking Levon Hernandez. He never pitched to forty. Oh, that, no. that surprises me. He threw two hundred and eleven innings at thirty five. Nolan Ryan threw two hundred and eleven at forty. Two twenty the year after, two forty the year after that, and then went down from there. Hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nolan Ryan, nineteen eighty nine, age forty two season. Thirty three starts. 240 innings, 11.3 K9, 3.6 walks per nine, 3.2 ERA, 2.5 FIP, and seven wins. Seven wins? Jeez. Seven F war. Oh, oh, oh. I thought like pitcher wins. Like only no, won seven no. games. Seven, seven war as a 42-year-old. Well, that is why he's uh, inner circle Hall of Fame. Jesus Christ. In 2004, Randy Johnson... Had a 2.6 ERA was worth 9.6 wins, and he <laughs> threw. Hold on, he threw 245 minutes. <laughs> nice. Was, Not good bad. Lord, man. Like, and he only went 16 and 14 because the Diamondbacks. Um, uh, every best. time I pull up Randy Johnson's page. Because Randy Johnson was like a decent player in his 20s, and then he said hit 31. It was just like, all right. Nine. This is these are his wars by year. Nine and a half, one point six, because he only pitched sixty innings. Seven, seven point six, nine and a half, nine point six, ten point four, eight point one, two point four, because he got hurt again. Nine point six. And and that nine point six one, he was forty. The last one. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I hate. And him, uh, but... one bird killed along the way. Right. Well. Yeah. Roger Clemens at age 42 through 211 innings. Are they sub two ERA? When's the last time Verlander threw 200 innings? Probably 17 or 18. Uh, 
Justin Verlander through 233 innings in 2019? At 36, yeah. I, Jeez. He threw 175 last year. I think he can get to 200 this year, and I think that he's crazy enough to do it. Are the Mets crazy enough to let him do it? I don't know. But. Yeah, with the, with the six-man rotation they're talking about and stuff. Just pencil David Peterson in for 200 painstaking innings, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> Can oh, someone God. explain to me why everyone hates David Peterson? I it's, don't get it. It's the aesthetics of what, like, he just nibbles and... He's kind of boring. He doesn't challenge anyone. That's really what it is. I don't... I, I, don't, I, I feel like I've watched a lot of David Peterson, and I've never been frustrated watching, like... I mean, never been more frustrated than any other starter in particular. Like, yeah, I guess it's bad. I was at a game where he walked forward to that game against the Cubs last year where he walked four dudes in the first inning or whatever it was. Like, yeah, that sucked, but it wasn't like, man, this guy stinks. Yeah, I think it's just kind of gross looking. Like, even the motion's kind of ugly. I love funky lefties. I don't don't understand. He's fine. It's just... He'll be your fine fifth starter. I'm. I think he should make it a be it be the fifth starter over McGill, but McGill looks kind of bad. <laughs> I think McGill is more versatile because he has experience as a reliever, whereas David Peterson has a little bit of experience. But at the same time, also they're both so young that you can just. Peterson looked quite uncomfortable out of the pen last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When when they tried it those few times, he did not look like he he. I don't want to say wanted to. I just felt like he was very unsure of his abilities to do that when normally he isn't like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it might be a mentality thing for him where he just doesn't like it and doesn't feel comfortable doing it. And that's tough to overcome. Basically at one time, every single relief pitcher was at some point a starter, most likely. So if need be, he'll deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. And Thomas is at said Season SZN. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Remember, we have a new name now rate and review it and of course we thank you for listening and we'll be back next week so until then love the mets love the mets